And here we are, finally, in Austin, Texas. Last stop in Texas. That's right. This is our, what, 13th show? 14th. Is it really? Oh my God, I'm losing track. Really, we only have three more real shows to do, and I'm really glad it's the weekend. I'm finally getting tired. All right, so we're going from here to Phoenix, then to San Diego, then to Los Angeles, and that's the last one of the road trip shows that we're doing. Then we're going to San Francisco. We're having a party on the 6th on Sunday. Uh, you can look at my blog for the details on that. And then we're going to the launch on the 7th. We'll probably walk around with this thing and talk to people there. Then we're driving all the way to El, uh, Las Vegas to do Dev Connections. It's farther than you think, too. That's that's a pretty hefty drive. We're going to have a challenge getting all the way in one day. Well, maybe we won't get all the way there in one day, but we'll get pretty close in one day. And what do we do in Las Vegas? We're going to do a .NET Rocks live show uh, at Dev Connections on the 10th, right before lunch, and uh, that's going to be a more typical show. And then I get to go home, don't I? And we all get to go home. <laughs> well, anyway, we're here with uh, uh, Jeffrey Palermo. Howdy, Carl. Richard. How you doing? I'm pretty good. It was a pretty good show. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. Awesome.net user group. Had a good time uh, listening about Visual Basic 2005 and, and the mobility stuff. It's really cool. Well, it's great to be here in your town. Um, you know, we've talked extensively. Obviously, you you were uh, a regular guest on .NET Rocks, and we first heard about you when you wrote us an email from Iraq, and then you sent us a picture of you in the in a tank with uh, or, or, or a big truck was, or something like that, right? Yeah, I was on top of a Bradley that was sitting on the back of a Het, which is a forty eight wheel military transport vehicle. And then you went to work for Dell, and now you are doing what? And you've actually changed jobs since we last interviewed you, right? Yeah, I've changed jobs. I work at a, uh, a development shop here in Austin called uh, DataCert, and uh, it, it uses all agile development methodologies. And uh, talk about that on my blog, jeffreypalermo.com. And uh, I also do a lot with ASP.NET 2.0. In fact, uh, just today, um, I finally got it installed. It only took one hour to install, which is pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I've been working on EasyWeb with the release candidate. So I recompiled and I made my 2.0 release of EasyWeb. It's out there right now. You can get it, um, install it. And uh, one, one person has already installed it, said it took 30 seconds to set up. What's EasyWeb? EasyWeb is my website management system written in uh, for ASP.NET 2.0 now. Um, that's mission is to support... Uh, multi-page websites up to an unlimited number of pages unlimited number of users, each user can have their own section of the website. So a good analogy would be a, a school district with a lot of teachers where every teacher has their own section of the school district webpage that they can manage. But you have uh, profiles here. Each teacher can only edit their page and nobody else's. Absolutely. The permissions uh, are pretty granular um, and and the administrator can just can delegate to one, one section and then they, they can go to town in that section, but then they can't mess with the rest of the site. You're really getting into a lot of uh, sort of academic software and support here. Uh, are you connected with the University of Texas in any other way? We're trying to get, we're trying to get involved and get a get a foot in the door. Um, I'm the Aneta rep for this region, South Texas, and uh, so far I've been working with the Austin.NET User Group, which is the professional group. 
Um, I'm trying to get something going on the University of Texas since it's right here in Austin. This is right. where I live. Um, it's pretty convenient. I can make an impact here locally. Um, but there's a uh, there's a couple students on the UT campus that are very interested in the developer community. So I'm trying to work with them to get more students involved. Um, we had a few students out here tonight. Um, you'll hear from from one who's sitting in the RV right here um, a little bit later. But yeah, we're trying to get something going on campus um, for the student community. Inetta is trying to get some academic user groups going. So so this will be a natural right. extension of that program here here in the area. Yeah. It's kind of kind of a challenge to get uh, Microsoft stuff cranked up in the colleges and universities, you know, where it's typically, uh, you know, Linux is the cool thing and the Microsoft people are sort of, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, not exactly going to win any popularity contest as a student to be a Microsoft representative. Right. Especially if you're computer science where you'll take courses in C. Java is is pushed by the profs, but it's got to change, man. It's got to change right now, <laughs> right yeah, here, right. But I mean, <laughs> there's there's a lot of object oriented emphasis yeah. um, in academia, and now with the .NET framework, you know, it's a it's a full object oriented player. Sure. So uh, a lot of the business colleges are getting on board with their MIS and CIS programs. Um, there's courses in ASP.NET, um, Visual Basic, C Sharp. I mean, they're teaching .NET in bachelor level courses on yeah. campus right now in the business college. So That's great. it's, it's got to go to the computer engineering, computer science at some point. Well, and it's just not a big stretch from Java to C sharp. They're pretty familiar with each other. Oh, it's not uh, just the curly braces and semicolons. Absolutely. When I, when I first saw C sharp, I said, this is Java. <laughs> Cause, cause Don't say I, that too loud now. <laughs> yeah. Well, my first object oriented language was Java. Right. So when I saw it, it's, I, I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah. Java plus, 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 right? <laughs> yeah. So what else is happening for you? Um, well, just got back from uh, vacation in San Francisco where my wife ran her first 26.2 mile marathon. Wow. So I'm pretty proud of her with that. Congratulations. That's a long, long way. And a decent time? Yeah, decent time. That's great. Um, <laughs> she. I'm wondering how long it'll take her to actually listen to this podcast since she's not a techie. So... <laughs> So you're going to tell us what her time was? Um, it was about six hours. You know, it Which, takes me that long to climb the stairs sometimes. Yeah. Well, for a first-time marathoner, I mean, that's, I think that's pretty good. That's pretty, really good. It's a very respectable time. But y'all are staying in town for the entire weekend, so we're pretty we excited about that. Tomorrow um, we're doing Mondays down at Dave & Buster's. Thanks, yeah. thanks for setting that up, by the way. Jeff is the guy who set it up. And we got the party room from one to three, and uh, Mark Miller's coming into town for he that? He should actually be here before we finish this recording. And I'll guarantee you, he's going to throw the door open and go, I'm here, man, because that's what he always says. <laughs> and then, So somebody in, towards the end of this uh, show is going to get interrupted with, with his presence. Okay. I can guarantee it. And then later on Saturday night, we'll, uh, we'll go out on the town in Austin and, and see what it has to offer, listen to some live music. Absolutely. And then Sunday, I'm going to have uh, you guys over at my house for some ribeye steaks. Now you're sitting in your in your in your car listening to the show, thinking to yourself, "Man, what I would give to be down there in Austin, Texas, with Carl and Richard and Jeff having steaks on the back <laughs> porch and talking about .NET." Absolutely. Come on now, get yourself out to a user group and get involved in the community. It's a lot more fun than you think. Now that's a geek supper. Absolutely. <laughs> One pound of ribeye steak. So um, we're we're asking uh, everybody who we interview here. The microphone is yours. Push, plug, smack, say anything you want. Say hi, mom. But you know you've already sort of plugged your one tool. Do you have anything else that you want to plug real quick? Um, if if you haven't, uh, for people listening out there, if you haven't listened to the other 
RV recordings from the other .NET Rock shows. I think they're pretty interesting. Um, we heard from a lot of people along the coast as y'all came down. Uh, one on, in particular, I remember Miguel Castro was talking about his web controls like he always does. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and it, all, all the shows are pretty interesting. Um, so uh, if you're interested in, in running a simple website, hey, go download my uh, content management framework, Easy Web. Um, there's a link on my blog at jeffreypolermo.com. Um, if you're local in Austin, Austin area, check out adnug.org, A-D-N-U-G. Um, it's the Austin.net user group. It's an official Ineta user group. If you're somewhere else around South Texas and you're interested in getting involved with the community, I'm your Ineta rep for that air, uh, for this region. And so, uh, email address, email address, uh, Jeffrey at Palermo.cc. There's also a contact form on my blog, jeffreypalermo.com. And uh, we'll get a group started and, uh, Ineta can provide some good support, um, as well as, as well as Microsoft. Jay Sawyer is a pretty good developer evangelist in this region. He gives good support to the user groups. Yeah. We saw Jay last night. He says, hi. You saw him at the U2 concert? No, I saw him last night. Oh, tonight okay. he's at the U2 tonight's concert. Tonight's the U2 That's concert. Right. Okay. So last night he was at the Houston group. Yeah. Yep. Houston group's pretty strong. All right, Jeff. It's been a pleasure seeing you again and talking to you, and thanks for all your help and hospitality here. Great. It's been great. Good to be here. And our next guest is T.C. Lian. Hi, T.C. Hi. How are you? So you're a student here at the university? Uh, yes. I'm a marketing senior at the Macomb School of Business at UT. Wow, so a marketing senior with a with a minor in computer science or just an interest in programming? or Actually, hopefully if everything works out, I'm going to get a double major in marketing and MIS, although wow, cool. UT probably won't recognize it. Um, oh. But uh, I've just lately developed a severe interest in uh, .NET and just MIS programming. So. Not a bad thing to have a marketing guy with some brains around technology. As a guy who has to support a lot of marketing people who want stuff in technology... It'd be nice if they had some idea what was going on out there. So uh, when do you graduate and are you available? Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope, uh, I can, um, I'm probably going to graduate end of next year if I go study abroad. However, if uh, my Microsoft interview goes well on Monday and they do offer me an internship or better yet full time, mm -hmm. uh, I'll see if I can go ahead and graduate early. What team are you, uh, in, are you interviewing with? Oh, right now I'm doing with the... Uh, sales and marketing team, especially the MLR group. Cool. So you're thinking you move to Redmond? Um, sure. Wherever, if, if they're willing to hire me, I'm willing to move wherever they want me to. Uh, Seattle sounds great. Oh, Seattle's a fabulous yeah, place. And Vancouver's just a couple hours drive north of Seattle, so pretty much the same sort of environment. Oh, yeah, I think he's trying to recruit you, TC. <laughs> hey, I'm a student, so any, any recruiters interested, I'm more than happy to talk to them. Well, and everybody I know who's had an internship with Microsoft says this is an amazing experience. So oh, even yes, if, definitely. If just get the internship, you're going to have a heck of a time. So, um, what kinds of things? Uh, what kinds of things do you do here uh, on campus in conjunction with development? Um, you obviously are attending a, a VB, you know, .NET development thing. What what kinds of things have you done yourself? Well, actually, uh, personally, um, from my standpoint of view, I have actually haven't gotten that much experience with uh, with .NET products. Mm -hmm. However, um, lately, since I've developed an interest in MIS, uh, I'd like to thank my professors. Uh, Roofly cool. and uh, buyers out there, uh, they're the ones who are getting my feet wet about it. Cool. So you're looking at it from an infrastructure point of view um, and the server side, ASP.NET, BizTalk, possibly that kind of stuff? Um, basically, what it, whatever it has to offer. Yeah. So how did you end up at the meeting tonight? Are you a member of the user group? Actually, uh, no, I'm not. What I'm just one of my professors sent me an email about this, uh, about this uh, uh, info session. 
So I decided to come down and take a look. And uh, believe it or not, I was actually pretty blown away. It was a lot better handled than I thought. Um, I, I didn't expect... <laughs> I didn't expect you guys to be throwing out iPod Nanos at the end. Oh, that was great. Uh, so as long as the loot's good, it was a good show. Oh, that- you're talking to a college student here. <laughs> and I bet you never expected to hear Clementine in all those different renditions. Oh, that was awesome. That was, that was just superb. So have you, have you seen anything about mobile development before this uh, on terms of Pocket PC before you came to this event? Um, actually, uh, not so much on campus, but uh, just do, through research or just uh, projects uh, in UT, yes, you, you yeah. do get to see a lot of chances, especially um, currently doing a case on uh, NTT Docomo. So that, mm. that's probably going to be something very big in the future from Japan. Sure, but Docomo is usually the company breaking ground on a lot of the new generation technologies. First to deploy Edge, first to deploy UMTS. I mean, a lot of those technologies tried out in, in Japan before anywhere else in the world gets them. Definitely, definitely. So here's your chance to uh, say hi, Mom, or plug something, or... Uh, say anything you want to the world. Okay, uh, I'd like to say hi to my family and to my friends at UT, uh, Christine, John, Omar, and anybody else that I'm missing. Uh, definitely, and to the Undergraduate Business Council, which I'm involved in with corporate relations. Uh, thanks, you guys, for showing me a great year so far. Uh, definitely, and finally, to all MIS majors at UT and uh, the MIS Association, please come out and talk to some of these uh, Austin-area.net developers. These are really, really great guys. And they would actually love to talk to you. So you guys should definitely take the initiative. Uh, feel free to look me up on UT if you want to get their contact information. Excellent. It's been great talking to you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Our next guest is Fred Menyard. Hi, Fred. Hello. So who are you and what do you do? Well, um, currently I'm, I'm working for uh, Thompson Financial, mm-hmm. um, which is one of those huge companies that nobody's ever heard of. I mean, uh, we have, I think, 45,000 employees uh, for Thompson all over the place. But uh, in Thompson Financial, is about 8,000 people. We uh, do financial records for, um, we, we mostly collect financial information from all the stock exchanges around the world and redistribute it in you know, various forms. Wow. Um, one of these companies that has thousands of databases and, and multiple massive data centers around the world. We actually, I believe we actually run the IT departments for several of the exchanges around the world, too. Um, wow. So what's your role in all of this? Um, the group that I work for is, is a small sort of research uh, group that uh, is responsible for de- developing an SDK that is used throughout the rest of the company. Um, so like a tools division. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't actually develop tools. It's, it's more like a framework that people can, can write their code into. Uh, we, one of our other missions is to research um, tools that are um, – out there on the marketplace and figure out how to use them inside the, our company. So the best practice models using certain tool suites. Exactly, and that exactly. We build that into our SDK, like all the best model, uh, the best practices. We build NUted into it, NDoc, all you know, all the current um, agile tools and practices we build into our SDK so that when it gets distributed, the, the developers have those on their desktop. This, is, this to me sounds like the real software development kit. This is how Thompson builds software. We use this guy's tool and this guy's tool and this guy's tool in these ways. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, you, it sounds like a fun job. I mean, you get to sort of research new tools and, and look at stuff and play with it and mess around, see is this going to work or not. Yeah, yeah. It, it is pretty good in that, in that yeah. regard. Um, and Thompson, the, the history of the financial group is that we're essentially 49 separate companies that have been glued together 
And over the last four or five years, um, Thompson has has try has begun the process of trying to integrate all those. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of chaos out there. There's a lot of different development models, um, and our SDK is 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 gaining traction. It's used by several of the groups that are out there, but um, it's it's still a very long process because you these are the type of systems. They're real time data systems. You cannot take them down. You cannot yeah. do ra- radical surgery, radical reengineering on right. them. Well, it's stuff that can't be wrong. I mean, it just, it can't be down and it can't be wrong. Yeah. It's a very tough combination to work in. You have to move slowly. Exactly. So yeah. what does your architecture infrastructure look like? Um, it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, because it is, again, 49 different yeah. uh, separate companies. Yeah. I imagine, you know, interoperability is a huge deal for you guys. Yeah. Um, the the biggest emphasis in the last couple of years is, has been to present a single product interface to, to all the customers. Mm. Um, and we're mostly there now it's, it's back end. you know, how do you route all this data? Um, how do you make sure it all stays secure? How do you make sure it gets there in real time? Cause there's uh, like on a lot of the exchanges, like uh, NASDAQ level two quotes, you have to distribute those and in my millisecond timeframes. It matters. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very critical. I was just thinking about something like a customer ID between 47, 49 different business units. Oh, yeah. Identity challenge management is a nightmare. Sure. Um, it's, it's one of the biggest problems. And every yeah. time you glue a new piece on, you get the, the problem starts up again. And, and what, something that we, we are really researching heavily right now is, first of all, tools on how to handle this. Second of all, how do we do this across our, not, not only across our company, but across the domain between our company and our customers? I gotta ask you. You're you're obviously out there in the real world dealing with putting out fires and trying to get this stuff to work. Um, any tools that you've heard about that you researched that you decided this isn't going to work? Well, um, not with what I, I've actually with the company for, for that matter. I've only been with the, the company six months. I know okay. that they've gone through a lot of different technologies. Um, in my tenure, there hasn't been anything like like that. Um, there are some some database tools that we've looked at that look interesting for other applications that aren't going to work for us. Sort of uh, the sort of thing that'll give us a virtualized view of our databases. Cause like I said, yeah. we've got like thousands of, of databases and massive ones too. I mean, we, you know, record terabytes yeah. of data every single day. Um, so are web services involved? Yeah, there's a lot of web services, um, mostly for, for internal communication. We're looking at models of how we can use web services to, um, to uh, pass data to our customers. Mm. Um, a lot of it is, a lot of what we do right now is we have a, what we call a, a thick client um, and a, a thin client, where, and they essentially have to have identical functionality. Yeah. And if sure. somebody's willing to install our, our thick client on their, on their trading desk, then, then they then that is really the best for us. But then we also have to replicate the exact same functionality in a in a web exact only, like, yeah, with nice moving graphs and real time stuff. Yeah. And so else. so what's coming out now with with AJAX right. and that sort of technology? That's what I'm thinking we um, developed something like that internally about five years ago. Sure. It gives us the ability to flow real time data onto somebody's desktop on a, in a web page. XML HTTP. Yeah, this yeah. is the stuff that we've been talking about for like the last ten shows here. Sure. Well, I mean, I think the first time I called XML HTTP directly it was 1996. So stuff's been there for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. The functionality's been there. It's it's just now getting to the point where 
people are building toolkits around it and libraries around it. So yeah, making it a lot easier to approach. Yeah. And, and that'll help us out because, um, we, we've got, I think two different models where we do that sort of real time streaming. And, um, at the same time, you know, we've got other people that are interested in that sort of functionality and doing real Ajax things. Now that, now that it's gotten out there and people know it's available, a lot of different groups are saying, you know, we got to have that. Um, we're, we're trying to make the decision now, do we wait for Atlas to come out or do we just go ahead right now and build Ajax into our SDK? Very challenging decision because there's so much good development going on around it. But you have no idea how stuff's going to turn out. Yeah. Deciding when a toolkit's going to be right to use is not an easy decision. Yeah. And everybody wants it right now, but you know, Atlas is, is still on the horizon. Is there anything that you can abstract into another layer um, so that you could plug in Atlas if it comes in? That's that's one thing that we're we're considering. Um, our development cycle on our SDK is about a, a six month cycle. Yeah, we're hoping that six months from now, um, the picture will be more clear. You know, at least the three months from now, when we need to start implementing in our SDK, the picture will be more clear, and we can we can fall down on one side or the other. And you're still at the point where you really don't even have a clear API structure yet from Atlas to know what the calls are even going to look like. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, from what I saw at the PDC, the the integration, the, you know, the level of integration looks so compelling compared to Ajax because Ajax is just sort of another API that you call to, right. whereas Atlas is built in. You can do debugging and that sort of thing. Right, that, which that is, gives us an extra. That's level. Microsoft really putting their skills to the table. The yeah. IDE, the integrated development environment, is what it's all about. That's what they're best at. So if they can do that and bring this technology to the table. We're going to all be in a better place. Yeah. Uh, so, um, anything else besides this that you want to plug? Or uh, well, actually, there's there's a bit of technology that um, I I think that other people will be interested in okay. that I've been uh, doing some research on recently. It's called Wix, and this is actually Microsoft's very first um, open source code. They they gave it the full open source license and everything, and it's out there on uh, SourceForge. Hmm. And um, Wix is a toolkit for building MSIs. You know, like uh, typically you'd buy an Install Shield or, or uh, Wise mm-hmm. or use uh, the Microsoft tools. Wix gives you an, an XML format that you can build all your, um, all your information that needs to go into your MSI file. And uh, it's, it's very nice for, for wow. our, our application, um, mainly because it gives you very fine-grained control over what goes in the MSI, where things get installed, sure. how to update your registry keys. Um, and so I, I definitely recommend anybody who builds MSIs on a regular basis go Is check that W-I-X? out. Is W-I-X? W-I-X. It's a Windows installer for XML or something like that. Excellent. Uh, and this was developed it was developed by Microsoft it's, they've been using it for about 5 years internally and um they've they like i said they released it um and it's on sourceforge and this is what they build most of their msis internally fabulous yeah. what a great tip it, it's very cool and i know microsoft's got a bunch of stuff on sourceforge now i think it's six or seven different products they've released that way always this style of thing a library related set of skills that they've developed and now just sort of letting loose other people to work on yeah i've i found it very useful probably a good idea you know to let other people leverage that kind of stuff and just makes for better software all around right the cool thing that we found is that it it, we can it's easy to build into our build process you know we use uh nant and ccnet Mm -hmm. for our for uh, continuous integration yeah and it it, that just doesn't work very well with with install shield. Install shield's got a lot of black box to it and you, and you really can't see what's going on on the inside. But yeah. with these tools it it works well with an integrated process. Well, I think the granularity of the way you've described Wix is going to make it, you know, you're doing continuous integration, you want to swap out an individual module at a time into the next build. 
being able to get into the guts of the build and say, that's the piece to replace is going to make your life a lot easier. It'd be much tougher with another product. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for talking to us. All it's right. been great. Thanks a lot. You bet. Our next guest is Lehman Schmidt. Hi, Lehman. Hi, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing great. So yeah. tell us about yourself. Oh, well, I work for the state and uh, I've been using .NET for as long as it's been .NET. Yeah. Um, on and off, not necessarily at the state. Uh, we had our own web page back when, you know, we had SQL Server and ASP.NET running, you know, back in 2001. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, now we're trying to uh, bring our VB6 programmers along, oh, yeah. which is a real fun thing. And VB2005 is going to be great for uh, bringing them along. Well, it sure to me seems like it's the most VB6-like version of .NET so far. The uh, demo y'all gave tonight was really incisive for how they can use these new uh, IntelliSense and the My Computer type items, which will fit in real well for the way they've been thinking about procedures yeah. versus classes. Yeah. Because that's always been a big problem is, you know, how do you move somebody from procedures to classes? Sure. Yeah. So so was this the first time you've sort of dug into uh, VB2005? We've been looking at it for a while. Uh, I've been looking at it for a couple of months. I haven't yeah. been able to uh, actually able to afford to uh, download it, but I have yeah. been, uh, you know, looking at it as far as I could in the papers, and you know, downloaded what I could as far as you know. So, have you, these VB6 programmers have they tried the old versions of VBNet before, and sort of what, yeah, what's been the reaction? The reaction was they won't use it again. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was you know, run as far as they could. Right, as fast. Yeah, as it's can. quite a lot of quite a lot of learning curve. Learning curve's still there, but, you know, like I said in the demo, you know, sort of like the first experience with VBNet 2005 is a lot more pleasant than the first experience with 2003. Yeah. Well, we've got people that have been there a long time, and, you sure. know, and and you have to respect their business knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, that's always a hard thing to... to uh, yeah, that's a great point. Well, and it's not like VB6 suddenly stopped working as a development environment either. We built great software back then, and if you're still developing VB6, you're probably still building great software now. It's just not the model that we've been presented with us in the new tools. Yeah, I mean, we're using XML. You know, we're going out on you know, HTTP sites. Yeah. You know, we're doing everything we could in VBNet. It's just, you know, a little bit different. So what's your role <laughs> in this whole thing? Uh, my role is kind of, uh, they brought me in kind of to uh, evangelize. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've used .NET for a while now, and, yeah. um, you know, I had my own website there for a while, and we were doing online ordering for barbecue when I worked at a restaurant. (laughs) I knew I liked this guy. (laughs) That's excellent. (laughs) And uh, so that was our first, you know, .NET thing that we did was uh, ASP.NET, you know, the very first version, and, you know, kind of on SQL Server, and, you know, being able to use VeriSign backing credit card, you know, that was really great. Integrated with FedEx, overnight shipping, you know, it was something that was really nice to be able to bring for our customers who, you know, quickly found out, you know, anywhere in the 50 state they could get something overnight, some barbecue. That was great. So let me ask you a question <laughs> about your brother, uh, your twin brother, Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What is up with this? You look just like Bill Gates, man. Did anybody ever told you that? No, I have no been called lots of things, Richie maybe, but not uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> well, our listeners will have to uh, agree or disagree when we post your picture on the internet. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, what's next for you? Uh, well, right now we are trying to uh, bring our ASP.NET into uh, 
the 2.0, mm-hmm. you know, the new version coming out. Uh, we right now have ASP and Dreamweaver that we are bringing yeah. along. So that's going to be a, a fun conversion. Yeah, fun challenge. So that's my next challenge. Yeah. So is there a plan here to present VB2005 to the VB6 developers? It's going to sort of start this whole thing off again after the misadventures with the earlier versions of .NET? That's what, I, that's what I'm here for. Okay. The more I can learn about VB and the more I can evangelize it to them, the easier it'll be for them. The more likely they're going to jump on board and right. things are going to start to happen. You think we'll, we'll ever get them out to the uh, user group meetings? Hmm, eight to five? I don't know. Yeah. These are all state workers. Right, right, right. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, do you have anything you want to plug or or, or bash or anything else? <laughs> say? C-sharp sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think the line last night, C-sharp is the beginner language before you can move to VB.net. That was a good one, too. Yeah, that's exactly Look at Scott Bellamy. He's <laughs> fuming over there, man. <laughs> He's next. <laughs> well, uh, okay, well, it's been great talking to you. Thanks. <laughs> thank you all. And we really do thank you all for coming down. It's been great. You bet. Our next guest, um, I almost, I'm almost scared to uh, suggest, is Scott Bellware. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hi, Carl. Good to see you again. Good to see you again. So you have some uh, comments to the last... Uh, <laughs> I'm just dude. I'm which one you the last, the last just, what? Uh, the, yeah, you know, uh, I'm just here to represent the C sharp MVP program <laughs> and uh, just give a shout out for the for for God's programming language. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> cool. Well, maybe we can talk about C sharp three and and VB sure. and VB nine. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about how this version of Studio has really been a lot of love for VB. Yeah, and I think I made the comment a while ago that you know there's some great things coming in the next version of C sharp. Don't worry about C sharp; it's going to be just fine. Well, and, there's, there's and a huge. I might add before you answer that because that wasn't actually a question, but before you respond, is that uh, in the last one of the last shows I did, I told the story of the guy who came up to me and said. You know, we have a bunch of C-sharp developers, and this is all about VB, VB, VB. I'm wondering if we shouldn't, uh, you know, switch. And I was like, come on, man, don't be, don't be crazy. Just because they're, you know, they're pushing it marketing-wise, trying to get the VB developers on, doesn't mean there isn't any love for C-sharp. They're not, they're not playing favorites here. Yeah, well, I mean, the 2005 launch, from what I understand, the events are only going to feature VB code, right? But there isn't 3 million C-sharp you know, visual yeah, yeah. C sharp prior to .NET developers that are still waiting to be pulled over sure, to this no, language. Yeah, so exactly. the priority here isn't really, I think in this generation, the priority isn't about how do we get yeah. legacy C sharp programmers yeah. into the new C-sharp, version. So the new version of C sharp is a soft sell. And there's a right? lot more benefit for all of us if we that can get legacy some of that legacy C sharp developer. Just getting what's that <laughs> last year's C sharp developer? Now that's an interesting <laughs> issue. There is legacy C sharp code, and there's, we are at a point where we do have legacy .NET systems. Right, that's true. So you know, I 1.0 mean, systems. and I would I would go with Michael Feathers, uh, Michael Feathers' uh, uh, position where any code that doesn't have uh, unit testing wrapped around it is legacy code. You know, I, I wouldn't have a tough time arguing about that. Mm-hmm. That's a, an interesting thinking. The notion is uh, you can change any piece of code that you've got wrapped in rigorous testing. 
Right. And no and the consequences you, of your change. Right. And the moment you do not have, you write code that doesn't have tests, you've got code that you really can't change. Yeah. I.e. legacy code. Right. So there's a great comment about someone sitting down in one of the Agile conferences writing code and someone came over and tapped on the shoulder and said, what are you doing? And they said, oh, I'm just writing some legacy code. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So what is your involvement here in Austin? What's your, what do you do here? Uh, in technology or right, in the big picture in the big picture i run the whole thing oh okay so <laughs> yeah. he's the man all Didn't this you hear? austin this is all mine <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i did that <laughs> so you're connected with the user group you're a c-sharp mvp you speak yeah. at the user group a lot i speak maybe once a year at the user group uh i founded uh or was a co-founder of the user group and <clears throat> excuse me 2001 moved on last year mm-hmm. jeffrey palermo is now pretty much got the reins mm-hmm and I founded immediately after that a, a, a user group for uh, agile development, test-driven development. Cool. Those kind of guys. Uh, .NET, Java, the sort of cross-platform interdenominational group. Yeah, excellent. And you have an event coming up related to that as well. We are, uh, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a conference coming up in Austin called InnoTech that's traditionally an IT conference. So we're bringing a little bit of software into it. So Mary Popendick, who's the author of Lean Software Development, she's a person who's taking the values of lean manufacturing right. into the software world. She's going to be in town and then she's going to moderate a panel between myself and a couple other guys on test driven development. And it's an interesting thinking that agile is very much a lean methodology. It's about just what you need and nothing more. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I'd say I, uh, I think that Mary's got a really great take on agile because she's speaking to not necessarily the programmer practitioner level, but to folks in the senior to management level about what this right. means. If you appreciate lean manufacturing, you're going to exactly. appreciate agile development because it's lean development. Right. Exactly. I agree with that. So what is lean, you know, for those of us who don't understand that term, is it an acronym for something? No, not at all. It just means, you know, sort of, uh, light okay. <laughs> on, no, no, the, okay. uh, on the, on so the greasy stuff. It's not I don't as know. Deep as I thought it was it's not fried. I, I haven't got right. no, you know, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I, think I said that when I said, you know, Agile is very much about just the minimum amount of process. Well, what I was what I was afraid of is that there's some new manufacturing, you know, like Six Sigma or something, <laughs> like it's a pro, a baked process, and they call it lean. Uh, it's there are some baked process elements. There's yeah. an interesting thing around agile development where when it first came out, people were calling agile development methodologies like XP, XP yeah. lightweight methodologies or light right. methodologies. And when people actually tried them, they realized that these weren't light at all. These were really process-centric engineering, mm-hmm. heavy engineering. What is missing is a lot of the Bureaucracy. stuff. They're all a little Exactly. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that really doesn't lead to software, but leads to the ability to have accountability once you write bad software. Right, right. <laughs> it, it's a very valid point that just because it is light in the sense of it's not documentation heavy, but it's right. rigorous. There are strict rules about yeah. how you handle right. things. So, and that's what, where the quality comes from, is right. in the rigor and the discipline to implement it properly. So when you look at CMM3, you're really trying to, you know, it's a jo- I said the joke, but you're really looking at creating documentation that helps you be accountable in court. Right. Right? Or yeah. accountable to your management when you screw up. And right. basically, agile, agile engineering is just saying, we're not going to screw up. We're going to engineer it right and rigorous, so we're not going to need the accountability documentation. Right. But at the same time, we're... We, have, we don't really need the documentation of accountability. It, we're funny, saying but. we're accountable regardless. Mm-hmm. We don't, whether we do the document or not, that chunk of code is mine. I am accountable for it, mm-hmm. period. Or the team is accountable for it. So you got any war stories from uh, from Austin to tell us? Maybe uh, some things that you come across here. That oh, I worked with Palermo for a couple months. That was, <laughs> that was, that was pretty rough. I, you know, but, you know. We worked together at a company so called... So let's P- embarrass him. Tell, him. tell us an embarrassing story about Jeff. 
Oh, I don't, you know, he's, <laughs> I, I shared a room with him. I'm trying, uh, he's like, uh, and, you know, uh, and, uh, massaging his I got to say there. he's one of the greatest guys I've ever met. <laughs> I, uh, I, <laughs> Uh, everything you, uh, say you don't want to go down the shared room guy. path here. You know, thing. he's at least three feet, three feet taller and three, order ma- three orders of magnitude bigger than me. So I right. think he's a fabulous human being. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> cool. Well, what's next for you, Scott? Um, I'm doing a lot of work right now, uh, interestingly, with the, uh, with the C-Sharp 3 compiler. So the link stuff, the stuff that's coming up in uh, VB9 and C-Sharp 3. Interestingly enough, I think VB9 is going to be the most VB6-like language really that uh, that ships cool well it's gotta be, be more vb6 like than vb th- than uh, v- 2003 <laughs> certainly it's only gonna get more like that you i know? hope so yeah i think uh, i think that you're actually gonna as we move forward we're seeing more like language integration integrated query where you have xml and document and, and, and literal xml inside the language literal sql queries inside the language i think that's going to be great for rad developers or, so, or vb developers so i gotta ask you this what do you think about link I think Link is killer. I, you know, uh, when I was uh, Luca and the C Sharp team, I asked him if I could start putting some of this stuff in production. And he sort of, after he stopped laughing at me, <laughs> uh, said that you know it really is a prototype. It hasn't been put into through stress testing and load yeah. testing. But I'm going ahead and building small apps on it now, and I just think it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary for me because we're changing the model that we're do- doing programming with. So we're moving from database oriented, relational database oriented stuff to massive in memory grid in 64 bit mm. memory. Mm with looking at link as our query language and just leaving data, leaving, leaving objects in memory mm. and persisting on cycles or using services to, to, to walk our object stack and grab stuff and push it off the disk. Yeah, it's a totally different model than we're used to. Totally. It's yeah. uh, completely object-oriented. There's no relational shredding. There's also uh, some honesty to it. It's treating all data equally, regardless of where it's stored and how right. it's handled. Right. Well, you're, yeah, right. Well, so that would maybe you're, what we're saying there is the data set is not an honest object. <laughs> well, the data, the data set is an, uh, the problem with the data set is that you have to construct it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're taking data from wherever it may be, and sometimes it's in a database, and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And constructing a data set from it, and it's fairly tough to construct data sets with non-relational data. And Link really seems to address those issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also that you know a lot of that comes from treating the data set as the end all be all solution to everything. Whereas it's not, you know, it's a, uh, it's good for what it does. You know, when it works well, it works well. If you come from a world where you see data storage, you've only ever seen data storage as a relational database. And Mm. the model that you have in your mind is a, is a square model of tables and columns. Mm. And you're naturally going to think that you're going to have a table and column in memory in your object oriented program. Yeah. So I think the challenges that we're already starting to see, like on the link forums on MSDN is folks coming in, trying this out and still coming at this, with a relational model yeah, in their mind. This is another kind of relational database, right. isn't it? And not really understanding that we're really working with domain-driven design and entities, and this is a fundamentally ch- fundamental change in software design. Is this the real object database we've been told would come along someday? It's not an object database, so I, it's an object. Par- it's a better object paradigm for in-memory work. Right. I don't know. I think that's the interesting part. Of, I've always felt this way when I've looked at products that were calling themselves object databases that you can't apply the relational model to this. It doesn't make sense. It's a different way of processing data. Sure, but what's a relational model for except reporting? Yeah. Well, what's it for except to turn stuff into grids? Yeah. And that's not what an object is. Right. Right. So why are we using relational databases? Because it's a good place to store data. Yeah. Well, everybody knows how to use them. Yes. But when you look at it, when you're in .NET and an object and object-centric and entity-centric world, 
the only way to really continue to use relational databases is with something like a data set. So it's almost like something it's to almost bridge an, the gap between yeah, the object world and, and the relational world. And it's an antiquated world. bridge to an antiquated model of, rela- of, of data storage. Cool. Well, do you have any uh, links or blogs or anything you want to publish, uh, push? Um, I've got a couple talks coming up. Maybe we can talk about that. I've got a, a C-sharp talking on C-sharp 3 at the San Jose C and C++ Users Association, December 12th, I believe. Uh, and test-driven development workshops ongoing throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is in Houston on November 29th. And then we're going to be in San Diego on February sometime in february is there a website people can go to to uh, check you can this out? check out check out my website bellware.net which is uh horribly out of date as is my <laughs> blog but i will make some announcements about this stuff soon cool. enough. cool it's great to talk to you scott thanks and great to be here right on all right so who should walk in during scott's interview but mark miller hi mark How's it going, Carl? So you were here. I saw you nodding over by the door when Scott was talking about Link. First, I'm trying to get over the mic uh, technique here. i got to stick this foam thing to my chin. I'm yeah. just wondering what kind of moss is growing on here from the previous guy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, hey? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a valid question. Come on. <laughs> do I have anything growing on my face here? I don't know. Just going to, you know, gotta, I'm going to go get going. I'm, I'm with Rory on this one, man. All right, all right. I need some... Need some Suck, of that it Suck it up. Let's talk about Link. Link, man. Link is awesome. I'll tell you what sucks about Link. What sucks about Link... <laughs> no, let me tell you. Link is awesome. This is what sucks. Let me are, tell you what are sucks. Are you always bipolar? Wait, what? <laughs> no, what... What sucks about Link is I can't build and ship apps with it right now. It's yeah. not out. It it's, it effing sucks. And the other thing that the other thing that that I that I that I want are the uh, anonymous classes. Yeah. It's like why you know I want to go kick Andrew's ass. Why would he show that to me and then not give it to me? You know. Hey, guess it's what? A bad, bad this, man. This is coming out later. <laughs> Someday. I got it, but you don't. I'm like, you know, give me his address. Why won't the security give me Anders' address? All I want to do is kick his ass. That's legal, right? In Seattle for doing this kind of stuff. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Okay. It's awesome and you want it now. Yes. Basically. We're building production Can you ship? Can you ship? I, I'm pretty sure the license is, is you can't ship. The, 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 What's a license? It's, Hey, hey, is it, is it just me or is that a foot in the shower? <laughs> what, what the hell is going on here? It's a foot in the shower, yes. Oh, go, go take a look. You go take a look. Uh, you know, that I don't think a, I want to actually. I'm going to sit right that here. That was a gift from Dan Carla and she's not, she doesn't have a name. Okay. So let's put it. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, like, is there anything else you want to say while you have the mic, Mark? Indeed, no, man. It's stuck to my chin, though. I need some help getting this thing off. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Our next guest is Michael Morsoli. Hi, Michael. Hi. How are you guys doing? Glad to uh, glad you're here, and we're glad to be here. So tell us about yourself. Well, see, I'm uh, new to Austin. So I'm a transplant, California transplant, born and raised in uh, Santa Barbara. I've been here about three months now, and uh, hoping nobody out there is going to kick me when I come out, because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Californians here. People hate us now. <laughs> what brought you to Austin? Uh, really, uh, opportunity. I mean, being born and raised in a small town like Santa Barbara, I kind of outgrew the town. Um, Opportunity-wise. Opportunity-wise, yeah, as, as my skills ex- uh, kept increasing and, uh, you know, my desire to work on bigger and bigger projects. There just aren't many large opportunities in Santa Barbara, so I had to go closer to L.A., and I hate L.A. 
Plus so. you have a plus you have a knack for uh, going to watch live music and drinking a lot, uh, maybe perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Why else would you come to Austin? Yeah. yeah. So so what's the uh, w- what kind of work do you do here? Uh, well, I've always worked for myself. So I started uh, three different systems integration companies over the years. So I've done primarily systems integration, but always with software mind. So. Uh, What's interesting is, is hearing about Link. I've never even heard that, and here I am. L-I-N-Q. L-I-N-Q. If you want to Google it. You know, yep. I've, I've seen the initials, but uh, I've been so focused on SQL 2005 the last pretty much six months, I guess. Yeah. Um, just haven't had it pull, pulled my head up. Well, and it sounds like the appropriate place for a system integrator to focus is on a, an imminent product that is going to directly impact most of your customers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, really what's funny is if the integration standpoint, I'm, I'm like you, I've got the hardware background, MCSE, you know, MCDBA, mm-hmm. all that stuff, but uh, data is really where I'm at. It's, you know, I'm an application developer. I hear all these acronyms being thrown out here. I've been around .NET since day one, VB6, I mean, forever. I haven't heard of half these acronyms you guys are throwing around today. Uh, well, that's a good point. Maybe we should define some of them. Oh, I mean, I've picked them up now. I mean, okay, uh, all yeah, right. I'm, I'm a quick learn, but... Uh, you know, I used to be better at being an acronym cop. Uh, on the show, and I sort of let that slide. I apologize for that. But it, it is funny. I mean, we're all uh, we all come from a .NET background, and just not realizing how really broad and diverse the background really oh, yeah. is. The, the product suite. I mean, I I got into products like SharePoint, Microsoft CRM uh, when they became .NET. You know, pretty yeah. much any of the applications that became native .NET, I jumped on. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, been working with uh, extensively since uh, early betas on all those products. So, apart from the technology, what you know, what sector is the is the co- what what kinds of applications are you writing? Uh, right now, what I'm doing, what I've been focusing on the last several years, has been trying to make data useful. Okay. Okay. We have immense amounts of data out there. How do we make it useful? So, would you call that business intelligence? I, actually, I call it business integration. So, I'm trying to come okay. up with a new term. I mean, we've got BI; it's thrown around everywhere. Yeah. SI is everywhere. It's a, it's a yawn. Um, yeah. Really, I'm trying to say business integration because it goes much deeper. My work's been, in the last several years, has been trying to bring things like workflow into a business process using mm. SharePoint Portal. Mm. Um, you know, you get into re-engineering every aspect of the company. And as soon as you start to add workflow, you, you find out people don't want to tell you anything about what yeah. they do because they're afraid. You're going to mess with their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't move my cheese. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the more salient point is, as a consultant, I was often brought into companies with an eye to automation. And you realized what they really wanted was a business re-engineering process. And you spent most of your time walking around, looking at what they were doing as a business and saying, why are you doing this? And <laughs> yeah, nobody seems to know. Time, yeah, most times they don't know why they're doing it. It's just, that's what they are doing. Which sometimes leads to the question, why are you here? Yeah, well, the reason the consultant, question to answer. Yeah, the reason uh, us consultants are there because we're the first ones that can get axed. You know, if you ask the wrong question to yes. the wrong person. Yeah, it's it's like why you're walking around looking for the landmine. <laughs> yeah, keep jutting your foot out and stamping down and going, any bang, any bang. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting, what really is driving me to uh, in SQL 2005 with the new BI tools in there, things like KPIs. What I'm finding is, if you really want to go in and re-engineer business processes, and you have all of these walls up, you the, the pull through, you know, pulling from the bottom doesn't work anymore. You really right. have to start pushing from the top. But to even get in front of the executives like that, you have to have a compelling story. Right. So I'm finding being able to go up with uh, scorecards, you know, using KPIs and yes. things like that with scorecards and going, look what you could have. This is incredible. But you know what? You don't even understand your business process. So you can't have it. I, I put together a 45-minute demo on OLAP back when it was still called that. 
that was designed to do exactly that. It was to make VPs cry. Yeah. If they weeped in the boardroom, I knew the check was coming. <laughs> exactly. All right. B I S I K P I O L A P V P. Oh wait, now we got S S A S. Oh my uh, God! What are you guys talking DSM. about? <laughs> Jesus. We're, we're getting revenge for all the .NET acronyms <laughs> earlier. Now we're going into the data side acronym. I mean, am I just more aware of it now that I said that? Or has this been happening for the last 2,000 shows and I just haven't been paying attention? <laughs> so uh, so is there anything you want to plug or, or push or say hi to? or uh, You know, hi? say hi to the family. Most of my, uh, my kids are still back in California. Wait for my son to, to graduate. He wants to go to school out here. So he's oh, very cool. excited about coming to college out here. Um, say hi to my wife. She's up in Dallas right now. Um, any websites or blogs or download anything <clears throat> cool lately? Anything, uh, you know, my, my website's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a boring website. It was up, uh, originally written in .NET 1, uh, yeah. ASPX.NET 1. Uh, you can go look at it. It's, uh, Vion.net, V-I-E-O-N.net, uh, Michael at Vion. And uh, it hasn't changed. It's been static for three years. So it's still there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's running on a server over in my house. What's interesting, I, I, I've moved out here from California to basically uh, drill in, finish some contracts in California uh, customers, get our arms around BI, uh, business integration, to really develop a new model. And then we're going to start a new company here. So I'm real excited about working with a lot of, there's a lot of local talent here that we just didn't have. There's not the pool of, of experienced programmers here, incredible. So we're really, look, really looking forward to building up some kind of a new company here, a new entity, um, to start doing more of this BI work and start, you know, going promoting SQL 2005. What really is under the covers there? It's not an Oracle killer. It's not even to me that the most compelling side of 2005 is is not that the CLR is in there. It's the BI. I would totally agree. I think it's a really exceptional database. Yeah. But also they've really, I think finally. Their OLAP services, the BI side, has got some love. Oh, They've really it's sat down wonderful. and paid some attention to what it can do for us. Yeah, it is wonderful. So that's that's my mission right now to get, uh, you know, keep 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 going through, do some proof of concepts, get a few wins out there with it uh, using products like Business Scorecard Manager, which drops on top of it. That's another incredible tool. Well, as you have successes, make sure you check in with us so we can read your emails on the air. Great. <clears throat> Thanks a lot. You bet. Thanks. Thank you. Our, our last guest tonight is Jeff Smith, spelled like it sounds. Hi, Jeff. Hi, how y'all doing? Doing great. So, uh, tell us about yourself. Oh, um, y'all really did save the, the yawn for the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the voice from the back, you know, it all went back. Um, I've, I've been around a while. I'm, I'm the rare gray hair in here, I think. Um, did eight years of hardware design, 16 years in software yeah. development, and now have done a couple things that probably will make people roll their eyes. Um, I'm president <laughs> of the Austin Software Process Improvement Network. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's that, that process word that makes people roll their eyes. Right. Um, I've also crossed over to the dark side in QA, working for <laughs> Bearing Point, um, a, a large consulting firm. We do a lot here in Texas with... Uh, high-end financial transactions, Texas e-gov kind of stuff. Hmm. And it, it was just Why kind do you of, call QA the dark side? Just curious. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I call it that so much. It's okay. just, you know, I, I feel it. Sure. Um, yeah, actually, um, when you talk about process, it makes people roll their eyes for good reasons. The, the origin of spins 
for instance, is the Software Engineering Institute, which is where the capability maturity model comes from. You heard CMM Level 3. Well, I'm kind of coming into that world from the dark side. I see. Um, I'm the person who's been, I worked at Dell for a while, attached to the, the production floor. Process improvement had to actually be process improvement when you're working, you know, the days I was working anyway. So adding artifacts, making things slower, and so on. We talked about, uh, or Scott talked about the lean approach. I was always looking for the lean approach. And that's what I'm trying to do with spin. Spin is supposed to be about process improvement. Well, CMM and process improvement don't necessarily go together. Well, because as you move up the levels of CMM, the baggage gets heavier. Yeah, and there's actually no correlation that's been cited that productivity goes with that. An interesting truth, yeah. There's no area inside of CMM that focuses on productivity, only consistency. Well, it's actually... It originated around process improvement, but almost every implementation fails to make it possible. Right. They get caught up in compliance instead of process improvement. I think the challenge of process improvement really is that it's most process improvement comes from removing things, not adding things. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I tend to focus more on cycle time. Well, agility, you know, to me is actually simpler than XP or even lean. You know, you have simple goals when you do process improvement. You have cycle time reduction, quality improvement, um, ability to change direction, um, smaller batches. Some of this, the, the lean methodology, for instance, actually comes from the Toyota production system. That's right. where it evolved from. And so there's basic tenets there. There are tools that Mary Poppendick's book uh, outlines and I'm actually pretty excited that we got her for Inatech here in Austin this yeah, year. Yeah, um, Yeah, um, and uh, and then the the Agile panel as well. After that, um, I went to Inatech last year and was kind of bummed. This is so much a software town. There was so much IT and not enough software, right. and we're, we're we're trying to drag that one into a recognition of what software productivity can be. Um, some of these things that were getting missed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm I'm real excited about that. It's called good stuff, and it's an interesting area of thought. Uh, the problem with process generally is that it's an order abstract uh, that most people just don't want to think about. You're, if they no longer think about doing the work, you're thinking about why work gets done that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm. Uh, it seems everywhere I end up, I'm kind of an instigator. Like in spin, well, I'm, you look like a troublemaker kind of to butting, me. Butting, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'm butting my head up against you know with the CMM folks, and then I'll go to the agile group and start asking them, okay, but what about? Yeah, because I think there are valid things like um, where I am at Bearing Point. We don't actually do CMM, SAS seventy compliance, Mastercard Visa, and so on to support ourselves once we get into court, we do those things to stay out of court. Right. Now, my big challenge is to slap them and say, you know what? You don't have to do 100 artifacts to deal with 10 lines of code. Yes. And, and yeah. that's, that is so common, and they figure out the longest way to get nothing done. Right. But carefully covering themselves along the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We know why we got nothing done. Yeah. And, and all these artifacts originally <laughs> were supposed to be a side effect. Yes. 
They were not. supposed to be residuals. Exactly. And they're not at all. They yeah. now become they're the goal. They're not evidence of process. They happen in spite of anything yes. getting done. Yes. Yeah. It's almost ancillary that they actually built any software along the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, not that I'm bitter or anything. I'm just, you know, making a point. Well, here. and, and that, that was part of the reason that I wanted to get into spin because I think it needed to go more the developer direction. It, we needed the developer point of view back in there, not the project manager, not necessarily just the QA. It needed to be everyone back at the table again. So the obvious question as a developer and a user of Microsoft Technologies is, have you looked at Team System? Um, actually not. Um, primarily because I'm stuck with what we have at work and I'm there yeah. till way too late at night most of the time. Do you at least um, know what you're missing? I know of it and okay. that's about it. Yeah. Um, now... Some of the things that, just because of my process background, but also my developer background that excite me about the things, you know, we saw tonight, um, I was always digging, um, my original background was double E, so making the switch to software, I already felt behind. So I started pulling the books out, getting into the Gang of Four, getting into, you know, some of McConnell's stuff, just coming at software from a lot of different directions. And it's surprising how many people get their degree and quit reading Right. And are well, sure I got they my know degree what they're now, doing. right? Yeah. And so I probably overcompensated, but to see things like refactoring and then real productivity th- through like um, the code rush mm-hmm. add-ons and it's a beautiful thing. So, Here's I mean, the man that's right there. productivity. Let's give him some love. Let's give him some love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, what, 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 how is value? I think you're ready to, what you're trying to say is we need to, we need to wrap here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, anything you want to plug or? We're talking about uh, real well, quick. I probably before. plugged a little bit the Inatech event that's happening um, this uh, coming November 16th. And Scott's involved with that. He mentioned yeah, it too. Yeah, absolutely. We, we did that pretty much together, and uh, it's going to be great. December 16th, you said? Um, November. November 16th. 16th. Okay. Did I say December? No, I, that's just what I, I heard. Not. I'm sorry. Okay. November 16th. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that long away, you know? No, no. Get ready. Get signed up. Get there now. Absolutely. And the website for that? Um, I knew you were going to do that to me. Yeah, it's inatechaustin.com. I-N-N-O-T-E-C-H. Right. Austin.com. And not actually related at all to the movie Office Space. There will be no <laughs> TPS reports. Jeff, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a lot. And it's nice been, talking with you It's been great to be here in Austin. On to Phoenix. We have first a little bit of a rest. Oh, Lord, a little bit of a rest. Because it's a long way from here to Phoenix. We've got two days of driving at least. I think I'm going to have a little bit of that Irish whiskey that Pat Tormey gave us. What do you think? Pat, it was beautiful last time. It's going to be beautiful again. All right, we'll see you guys in Phoenix. Take care. Take care.